All right, and welcome back to another episode of All In with Athens. We are so excited to be here on today. I'm extremely excited because we have, along with our young, bright uh, students from the Athens Limestone area, we have two distinguished guests in the house, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves on today, and I'll let our youth introduce themselves, and we'll get started. So, My name is Charlotte Fulton. All right. My name is Carolyn Williams. All right. Now, I'm, I, I want y'all to know these are some of our uh, distinguished guests from the Athens community, and uh, they have a wealth of knowledge, and it's just going to be great uh, as we uh, just get into our topics on today. But uh, if y'all don't mind, introduce yourselves on today. Hi, my name is Faith Young. All right. Uh, my name is Tylen Miller. All right. What school y'all go to? We, I go to Athens High School. Okay. I also go to Athens. Cool, cool. Well, good having y'all in the house on today. And so this is the month of February, and this is uh, the month that we celebrate uh, Black history in our country. And so we're excited about that. And so today we're just going to, we like to really uh, dig into current topics of what's really going on uh, with this all in in Athens. These young people, they take this serious. So uh, I'm excited about uh, this discussion on today as we uh, just learn a little bit about what uh, African-Americans have brought to just the American culture and also in Athens, Alabama. So to start the discussion off for today, I just want to address, uh, start off addressing our our youth on today, our youth mayor's youth commission. Uh, and the question I have: What contributions have African Americans made to the American culture? Do you know any contributions that African Americans have made to uh, the American culture? I mean, obviously, like style clothing music okay um we're in the white house now okay you know, so history all those types of things cool cool what about you tyler well i know that we um african-american culture has is helped differentiate people from like seeing people as different like segregation like martin luther king jr he helped with that and mm-hmm. i make um uh, most of the white folks think that black people are just as different. I like extremely different white people. Okay. So we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I like that. I just wanted to test you guys uh, and see uh, if you just, if you knew anything. So with that being said, do you think you understand the sacrifices that were made so that we could have the freedoms that we enjoy today? Um, And I want to, Ask you, you young people, do you think you understand the sacrifices, what people really had to go through so that you can have the freedoms that you enjoy? Yes, I have been through many history lessons and talked to my grandma and my parents and they've told me stories and you hear it and you do you do realize. And as you get older, you know that it did take a lot to get here and that it hasn't always been this way. All right. What do you think, Tyler? I think I I don't know if I understand like all completely, but I do understand there was a lot of trials and tribulations to get through just so we can have like a nation we are today. Wow. So that's why we have the experts that we have in the room today. Those who have, you know, they they went through it. They lived through it. And so Miss Carolyn, uh, Miss Charlotte, uh, I'm I'm just gonna let y'all have the floor. Do you think 
the generation today understand the sacrifice that was really, do we really understand what individuals went through so that we could have the freedom that we have today? I think a lot of them do realize, and I really like their patriotism, um, but there's a lot more that we all need to learn. Um, it's it it really impacts us when we think about the civil rights movement and what it uh, and the things that it brought to the table for black people. Um, voting is just one of the really um, great sacrifices that um, that was gone through to help us get to the voting booth. Mm. It helped us, and I want each one of us, our children, I want them to realize the things that was sacrificed just for them to go and make their um to have their vote. Wow. I mean, I I really don't think we understand it because we've always had access to it. You know, and as they come up, um I wonder how many young African American people don't vote because they don't understand what it's like when you can't vote. And just really um understanding that and and those that paid the price so that we could do it and so that we don't take it for granted. Miss Charlotte? Well, I will have to um, fess up for those of you who can't see us. You listeners may not know that I'm the white person in the group, and so <laughs> I don't know any of these things through experience. And where I grew up over in Madison County, um, I grew up knowing about six black people. Wow. They're the only ones I ever saw. But then... Um, when I got out of college and taught for taught school for one year, the second year was full integration, the year of uh, 1970. Um, so I have come to a lot of my understanding, not through any kind of experience or observation, but through study later on. Mm. And um, I can tell you that the people who were educated here over the centuries have paid a great price to get their education uh, the early students at Trinity who were the only students in, black students in Limestone County at the time because it was the only school that accepted African-Americans. Wow. Um, they uh, were so poor that they um, ate picked blackberries and ate them at lunchtime because they didn't have anything to bring to school for lunch. Mm. Uh, there was a story about... Um, one family that had seven sons and they had one good pair of pants. So each boy could go to school once every seven school days. They had to take turns. And that's the kind of poverty that they went through in order for the next generation to have it a little easier and every succeeding generation to have it a little bit easier. But it never came easy. Right, right. So growing up, in the era where, where you two grew up, uh, when you grew up, and with you studying and learning more about it, were you surprised or were you aware 
Miss um, Charlotte, when you were growing up at what the black community went through at that time? I was not. Um, I like to phrase it that blacks and whites lived parallel lives. Um, you had your schools, your churches, your social functions, your friendships, your families. We had ours. And our out in the country, anyway, our paths did not cross. That's why I only knew five or six people. Mm-hmm. And I met them in the cotton patch because I was very poor, and we picked cotton as, um, you know, when we were growing up. Wow. So I was not aware of it. Um, I didn't know what schools they went to. I didn't know where their schools were. I never saw their schools. You never really thought about it, probably, huh? Didn't think about it. Hmm. So, Miss Carolyn, experiencing it and seeing what are some of the sacrifices here in Athens that were made uh, when we, when the youth commission met with you guys, you talked about what it took to integrate schools and some things like that. Can you share? Uh, with these young people, some of the things that that the black community went through to get to where we are today, from your perspective here in Athens. Well, that was, I can't say it was quite exciting, but that was the only thing we knew. When we went to school, we seen other um, black children, um, and that was, that was, you know, we didn't have black te- uh, white teachers. We had black students and black teachers. Hmm. Um, we felt very fortunate because we enjoyed the schools that we were going to. We um, were taught by many of the Trinity graduates um, that had graduated before um come into our school and they brought a lot of culture with them. Mm. Um, We were fortunate to um, have the type of culture that would, would lend us to chorus and, and dance and plays that, Oh, that is a part of my heritage right there. (laughs) I love it. Um, Sound like y'all had a lot of fun. We did have a lot of fun, but we did not have restrooms. We had outside toilets in the at the school. Yes, we had wow. outside toilets. We had. Hold um, on, before you go any further, I just want to see what do, <laughs> what do y'all think about that? See, Faith, you thought y'all thought that y'all understood the sacrifices that the generation before went through. Did you know that? Did y'all did y'all know what y'all think about that? I mean, I knew that it was definitely different. But like I thought I feel like I felt like the seventies, you know, had inside restrooms. But I guess well, since you know, since it was a black school and they didn't have like the funds, like the public schools, like I, Well, let's let's just go back a little bit. Okay. All right, let's go back. Okay, let's go back a little bit because I am talking from the perspective of my junior high school. And I started junior high school in 1957. Mm. Okay. So it progressed, you know, but when we got to Trinity, we did have inside restrooms. 
I graduated in 1969. So that, that was a given. But when I left Dog, when I left, uh, Dogwood Junior High, um, it was outside restrooms. It was a feeder school that all the, all the communities had a feeder school. So Dogwood was a feeder school into Trinity because as Charlotte has explained, this was the only black high school for blacks. And uh, we had to go get coal to make a fire. You know, there was there was mm. no heat turned on. Um, Tyler, you heard it? You know, the boys go out and gather the wood and coals and make a fire and and that was for each classroom. That was something that wow. was done. There was no janitors. Mm-hmm. We were the janitors. Wow. <laughs> you know, we, after the end of the day, about 10 or 15 minutes before um, the ending of school, we put down sawdust and we sweep. We learned a lot at school. And we always started the school day off with praise and worship. Wow. We did. We we had songs and we had um, scriptures and we um, had the preamble to the Constitution and, you know, the flag. So... It was just a routine, and that was something that was expected. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So that was just normal. It was normal. Y'all didn't even think about it. It's just this is how life is. This is this is what we know. Right. This is what we do. Wow. And you had to ask. You had to say, if you wanted to go to the restrooms, we were talking about those outside restrooms, <laughs> you had to say, may I? You know, you couldn't just get up and go. You just, you had to ask permission mm-hmm. and and I think that we have gone through a lot wow. and we expect a lot out of you guys we want you to realize how far things have come I think that's a good segue into our next question our next discussion um you know when we look around at today the good the bad and you know what's been going on in society would you say that things are better worse or not much have changed what do you you guys think now y'all may have a different perspective after hearing uh miss carolyn talk about not having restrooms uh before high school so what when you think about what's going on in society would you say things are worse better or not much have changed from your perspective, a youth's perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, looking at things on the news and experiencing some things, I, I can't say that it has changed since then, of course. Maybe not as much as it could, but it definitely has changed. And in a sense, it's not really the same, but there are still some battles that we have to go through and that we're still facing. But in a sense, yeah, it has changed. Hmm. What's your thoughts? Kind of the same with how she, uh, what Faith was saying. It has changed a lot, especially from like school for sec- like hearing what I've heard from Carolyn. It's a, it's definitely changed school wise, but 
probably not exactly all the way from well, like from seeing on the news, it doesn't seem like it's changed all the way. Maybe just how we're treated right now has changed, but racially might be a little different. Hmm, so you feel still like there's still some some room for us to grow. Yes. In in that area. And so, um, what do you guys think? Well, what gives me hope is that with the young people, I see such a difference in racial attitude. Um, You know, when I was growing up, it would be unthinkable for me to bring a black friend home from school because there weren't any, first of all. But if I had had any black friends. I would not bring them home. And it was not because my family was racist. It's because it just wasn't done in those days. Hmm. It wouldn't have occurred to anybody. Um, Young people today don't think about that kind of thing, but I don't think they see all of those divisions, all those lines. And I think that's that's a wonderful thing. So Hmm. I think as they grow up and take leadership positions, that they will be fairer-minded than previous generations might have been. Hmm. I, I agree with that. What do you think, Ms. Carolyn? I think that's that's spot on, um, Charlotte. I just I think that um, raising your awareness is a good tool to propel you to do better for you to take that leadership role and and use it to make the world better and that's really what we're expecting of you um each generation is a little bit wiser and going through these um type situations it does not mean that when you go off to school or you go to uh, a job or whatever that you're not going to encounter some of these feelings you know you'll you'll encounter feelings from other black people and you'll encounter different feelings from white people but the I think the irony of it is is that you are able to distinguish because you've heard different sides of it and you've experienced different sides of it. So being aware is is what I would like for you all to do, is to be aware of what's going on and how you can make it better. Hmm. So 2022, right? I hear a lot of people say, talk about us being stronger together. And I believe that we're stronger together. But I, I hear this debate about colorblind. You know, should we see color? Should we not see color? Um, and I just want to get you guys' thoughts on that. Because I'm I'm just trying to see how in 2022, what can we do? Uh, what do we need to be working on to impact maybe some of the racism that exists today, how do we approach it? How do we uh, make a difference for, you know, the challenges that we face now and where we need to go moving forward? 
Okay. Well, in an ideal society, of course, you would want everybody to be exactly the same. You know, like, there's no really distinct differences, and you can't really just be like, oh, she's purple, you know, like, something like that. Mm -hmm. But, of course, we don't live in a perfect world, so I'm not saying that we should be colorblind, but we shouldn't care about color, if that makes sense. And to change it, I mean, you would just... It, you really only know what you're taught. And then when you grow up, then you learn more. So it's up to you to open up your perception and look and see what what can be done, what can change. I like what you're saying. Um, when I think about it, you know, some people say, you know, we shouldn't see color. I really think that variety, diversity is a beautiful thing, you know. Right. Um, and I don't want to get too deep because I want to hear from you guys. I, let me hear from y- y'all and then I'll talk later. But just I'll give you guys the floor. I think we, you know, I I think that we we should recognize the diverseness that we have in the room mm-hmm. or in the world. Um, I don't want you to just feel like that your your color gives you um, privileges. Mm-hmm. I just in that way, I hope it's you know blind, but it's not. But I want you. I want them to recognize that there is diversity. There is a difference, and that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's the way that I feel about that. Well, that's the way God made us, right? Yeah. He made us all different shapes, colors. It's like the rainbow. It's like the spice of life. You know what I'm saying? Right. Any team, whether it's football, basketball, it's the diversity of the people on the team that makes it so great. Yes. You know, if everybody can't be a quarterback, everybody can't be the receiver, you know, everybody have different gifts, different talents. And when we learn how to pull it together – as one family, one one body, I think we can I think we can do more, you know, as a community, as a nation, yes. you know, and, and so, you know, we're talking about being all in with Athens when we can embrace uh, our differences and I think we'll be stronger and I think it will make our, our it'll make our city stronger and it make our country stronger. Did you have something? I think about it like this, and it's basically the same thing you're saying. I'm just saying it in a different way. If a business manager is going to pull a team together, he doesn't want all of them to be good speakers, all of them to be good money managers. He doesn't want them to have strengths in the same area. He gets one who does this well, one who does something else well. And it's the same with the cultures. We all have our strengths we all have our gifts. We shouldn't want to meld it so much that you can't tell one of us from the other. We uh, we should be distinct yet working together. Distinguishable. The uniqueness the, that we yes, all have. Yes, we should celebrate our uniqueness and we should work together. I agree. I agree. So we're, we're about to wrap up. And so this is what I, I want to know. Um, and I want y'all to address it. What can our young people do today 
to promote unity, um, to celebrate, like you're talking about, celebrate our differences, celebrate what, that's what I love about um, Black History Month. We get to celebrate just the greatness that the African-American culture brought to this country. And we can take some time to just recognize it and celebrate it. But uh, in this generation, what can our young people do? What can you guys do to promote unity, diversity, working together as one? I feel like for one, we have to accept everyone and all their differences and everything that they come with. And then we have to, we have to kind of, we have to have empathy. We have to sympathize with others. And we just have to understand how other people's may not think the way you do, but they're still like their voice still matters. Mm. Their opinion still matters. And you should, you should be open to everyone's, you know, thought process. What'd you think Tyler? So basically what she was saying, like you want people to understand you and you want them to like for you to understand them. Mm -hmm. You don't want people to just think like you're like the exact stereotype of that, like that specific person. Cause that's not true. Like you could be like of any type of race and you could still act different. It's just how you grown up. But I think just understanding people better is what will make people well, like just get together and celebrate everybody's differences. So you're saying like, so opening up yourself to even get to know people, get to, I think, I think everybody has a story. Uh, And I think when you get to know people and you know, their story it's easy to embrace people. But like you said, you was talking about stereotypes. When we don't get to know them, we have an idea. We project what we think about people and we can never uh, really know them. And when you get, people are people. God made us all different, and when we can embrace that, you know, I think that's a powerful thing. I appreciate that. What you think, Miss Carol? I think that's 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 very good. I I like that to understand that there are stereotypes. Um, I, you know, coming from an all black school, um, junior high and high school, um, then I integrated into the. Um, in the world, I'll say. I went to college, I went to work, and I've had I've made some great friends. I've made some great friends, and they have been an asset to me because they learn more about me, and I learn more about them. So that diverseness has has really been um powerful in my life um i can all of the different workplaces that i've been over the years um a lot of my friends remember uh february as being black history month and they say oh i remember you preparing for that black history program and you did this and you did that but they weren't aware of that before i was there right and they remember me for always working, trying to educate, and and more so educate them. So that was a great diversiveness in in being with other people rather than being at an all black school all of my life and mm-hmm. working with all black people. So it's great. 
it's 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 great. So you had to step out of your comfort zone. I did. And I think people fear what they don't understand. And so I applaud you for even bringing that culture to different environments so that they can understand. Because a lot of people, they're fearful because they don't know. And when they learn, wow, you know, this is what African-Americans brought to this country. You know, when I started learning about uh, the, the traffic light and just so many different things that uh, African-Americans brought to this culture. I was like, wow, that's amazing. And I think we can uh, just really learn to appreciate our differences. And and I, I, that's what I love about this month. Miss Charlotte? Well, it takes a long time. Uh, you know, I told you I was never around black people until I got in college and there was one black student at UAH and I saw her a couple of times but didn't meet her and then I taught in an integrated school from the second year onward and that's where you really begin to learn you've you've got to rub elbows you've got to work together and worship together and socialize together you can't learn about each other from a distance not any true kind of learning so you've just got to Get in there, and as you say, um, just be brave and take a step forward and let people know about you and be interested in them, and that's where the understanding begins. This has been a great discussion on today. I want to thank all of you for participating in our super, super bright students from Athens High School. So glad that y'all took time out of your schedule to uh, stop by uh, to just get some information for Athens and letting everybody know that we're all in with Athens. We want to encourage everybody to uh, celebrate Black History Month, go out, learn more information about the culture, and uh, let's celebrate it. And uh, I believe, like we said before, we're stronger together and we can learn more and and, and embrace each other. I think we can do some amazing things. I see, uh, I'm really hopeful about our community and our city here in Athens. And I think we need to lead the way when it comes to showing this world how we're supposed to, to work together as one. So once again, all in with Athens and we'll see you next month. <laughs>